Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yes, sir. Here we go. In three, two, one. But tonight it is my distinct pleasure and honor uh, to introduce to you Uh, A man who I have the highest regard for, who brought me to Illinois two years ago. In 2019, his leadership led to a $45 billion investment in the Rebuild Illinois Capital Program. And so, folks, again, it is my honor to introduce to you... Ben Jarofsky! (laughs) I didn't know you did all that for Illinois. (laughs) You're a modest man. Uh, Yeah, I used to have broadband, but since they went on a diet, it's now skinny band. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Guys, we just got started. There is so much more where that came from, all right? Get ready. Uh, We're not even a minute in. <laughs> yeah, I got a million, ladies and gentlemen. By, by the way, uh, ne- negotiations ongoing. I just want to announce this uh, between myself and Michael Girardi. He's announced he has a new song. I'm trying to negotiate a time to get him on the show. Not easy. Mr. Girardi's a very busy guy. Just throwing this out there, okay? But negotiations are ongoing. His representatives are meeting with our representatives. And, uh, I hope to have some updates soon. Keep it right here. Okay, all right. Your yes. Ben Jarofsky Show for Tuesday, March 15th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. <laughs> ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky if you want to help out this program. J-O-R-A. V is in victory. S-K-Y. It is Tuesday, March 15th, and this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. And now your host, Chicago Raider columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this a Blame It on Ben Tuesday. And here's why. Great weekend. I had a great week. I haven't, I haven't started a show like that in a while. Remember every time, uh, D, in the old days? Yeah, uh, I'd always start a show on uh, Monday on radio, Tuesday on uh, the podcast. I've been off off the weekend. Great week. You have a good weekend, D. And then he would always say, oh, yeah, Ben, it's a uh... great Monday show material <laughs> on the radio. But when you're not on Mondays and on Tuesday, I don't know, it kind of seems like you're looking in the past. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really wasn't that great on Monday either because everything was up to date. Got to keep it fast. People want to know. They want to hear about what happened yesterday. They want to hear. They don't want to hear what you did, Ben. Yeah, you saw a movie. Okay, next. But I just got to tell you, folks, the movie I saw, one of the three movies I saw this weekend, yeah, I have issues, was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was just going to watch the opening day, you know, while I was Mm -hmm. waiting to do something else. Next thing I know, I'm watching the whole thing. Apparently, you and Dana Carvey both love that movie. Dana Carvey loves Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. For real? Yeah. How do you know that? I've watched, he does a podcast now uh, with David Spade and, uh, He's talked about it before. Was, and he was being serious? He wasn't yeah, yeah, joking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's being serious. 
So good. Oh, my God. Anyway, and then I saw the guy. We had a long conversation uh, with Sergio and uh, uh, Chris Buddy. I'm very proud of that conversation, talking all things Godfather. I saw that again. That's like, so a friend asked me the other day, he goes, Ben, where do you find the time to just watch movies over and over again? And I go, well, you know, sleep. It's overrated. I don't do any of it. So, all right, back to the issue at hand. Blame it on Ben Tuesday. Uh, and here's why. I'll tell you why, folks. Got it email this week from Dave Gloatz, good friend of the show, uh, who notified me of something I was completely unaware of, uh, that Mayor Lori Lightfoot had gone on <clears throat> a podcast at Issues, WBBM News Radio 78. Uh, Craig Delamore, a legendary Chicago newsman, uh, is the host of that podcast. A station and I also applied for and did not get the gig, but hey, that's I fine. Wait, time out. I was going to get to that. Oh, sorry. I was going to work my way. I'm working my way back to you. Sorry. Um, so did you apply for a job at yeah. WBBM News Radio? I actually got an interview with them, though. Okay. Well, that's that. That's one up on the BEZ. They let me dress up and feel important for like an hour. <laughs> BEZ's attitude is, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. If you didn't go to an Ivy League school, we don't even talk to you. <laughs> At least BBM News Radio, like they didn't hold the fact that you're from downstate against you. You know what I'm saying? Dave? Of course, they had no intention of hiring yeah, you. Well, I didn't get it, but you know, they, they let a hillbilly feel good. Yeah. Wait, you work for the hippie commie in his attic? Oh, God, get out of here. Anyway. Uh, so more or less, I was discussed, if not named. You know, you guys could have named me. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, so, D, uh, I'm going to do my best Dave Gloatz uh, impression. Go, uh, Dennis, uh, play Ben's Fault. One of the other headlines, uh, more of a, a more personal one, I would guess, uh, was 10th Ward Alderwoman uh, Susan Sadlowski Garza went on a radio program and flatly said she wouldn't support you for re-election. She's been one of your most ardent supporters, and not just on labor issues, which is her, her, <laughs> her major thing, but she suggested you have a way of rubbing even allies the wrong way. You've gotten things done, but will that keep happening if... Some of you, even your friends, feel slighted. Or, or uh, I would just say this. I, I think it's important to um, underscore the context in which the older woman made those statements. She went on to a radio program to talk about a very raw and emotional topic for her, which was the um, horrible murder of her goddaughter, who she regarded as like her own child. Her emotions were extraordinarily raw, and the reporter pushed and pushed and pushed. So I consider the context in which she made those comments. She and I have had a um, very candid uh, conversation since then. And look, here's where I am, and I'm unabashed. I love Sue Garza. Full stop. I care deeply about her, her family, her husband, her children. And we have done very significant things to better the lives of working individuals and families in the city. And I have zero doubt that we will continue to do exactly that. All right. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes. I was a reporter a question. Let's just back up, folks, uh, and fill in a few details because uh, I just love talking about this, D. 
So, uh, Sue Garza, Alderwoman Sue Sedlowski Garza of the 10th Ward, City of Chicago, came on the show about two weeks ago. Uh, and uh, the first part of the show, the first half hour of the show, uh, we were talking uh, about Amanda Coley, um, a young woman uh, who is Sue's, uh, was Sue's uh, goddaughter, who was murdered. It's a horrific story, and uh, I urge everybody to check out the interview because there's a GoFundMe page, uh, which is... Um, uh, being which has been set up by Sue and her daughters uh, to raise money for the orphans. Uh, so after we had completed that conversation, we moved on to other things. We started talking politics, and uh, we started talking about the general irons issue. And in the conversation, Sue let it be known uh, that she had had it with Lori Lightfoot on general irons. And just so you know, folks, this is actually a, a very compelling issue. Uh, that's easy to distort uh, and easy uh, to what? Uh, turn upside down and inside out. Uh, but there's a metal crushing facility that was on the north side of Chicago, and they moved it to the far southeast side of Chicago, uh, proposed to move it to the southeast side of Chicago, and Sue Sedlowski Garza's ward, uh, in part, and this is the part that I always focus on, to clear up the land on the north side for development, an upscale development deal that's being uh Right, which is what right across the river from Lincoln Yard. So they're transforming the north side of Chicago from what from an area along the Chicago River, what had been a uh, uh, an industrial center, if you will, yeah, planned manufacturing district into residential and upscale uh, office, etc. and so forth. Part of the transformation, of the city of Chicago. Ben, shut up and go along with it. All right, but you don't have to give them one point three billion dollars to do it. You don't have to underwrite it. Anyway, they moved the facility down to the southeast side. Residents in the southeast side protested. Sue Garza had supported the deal, but was sort of like in a very rough position because on one hand, it was jobs. Uh, and uh, on the other hand, this is an area that's usually traditionally a dumping ground for uh, heavy, for uh, waste disposal facilities, landfills, etc. There was a lot of local resistance. So Sue put her neck out. All right. Uh, and she thought she had Lori Lightfoot's support on it. And guess what? When Lori Lightfoot saw that the pressure was mounting and she's on the, there's an election coming up, she pulled that support. All right, that's politics. I get it. You know, it's like she doesn't want to look like she's favoring the north side over the south side, even though everybody knows when it comes to economic development in the city of Chicago, the north side is generally favored over the south side. Wealthy neighborhoods are generally favored over uh, non-wealthy neighborhoods. We all know how the TIP program works. So Sue Garza let the world know she was unhappy with Lori Lightfoot. And then she went from there to talk about Lori's disposition and how she just, Lori seems to Lori Lightfoot seems to be just always rubbing people the wrong way. And we're going to have a guest coming on pretty soon. Cam Buckner going to talk about that state representative Cam Buckner who's being talked about as a mayoral candidate uh, to, to run in the 2023 election. He's sort of like the anti Lori Lightfoot. He can get along with people. That'd be an interesting uh, experiment for Chicago. Elect a mayor who isn't mean and nasty and boasts about fighting with other people. We've had three in a row who all they do is fight with people. Chicagoans seem to love that. Anyway, Sue Garza, let it be known. So how does Lori Lightfoot deal with the fact all these reporters are asking her about one of her key allies, and Sue Sadlowski Garza is a key Lori Lightfoot ally. How does she let him know that one of her key allies is broken from her and been very critical of her? What does she do? 
<laughs> Blame it on Ben. That reporter pushed and pushed and pushed. It's like Sue Garza is a little kid that I intimidated. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Sue Garza is the daughter, Ed Sadlowski. She's from the southeast side of Chicago. She's steel yard tough. I can't push Sue Garza around. If anything, it's the other way. <laughs> Sue Garza pushed me around. Sue Garza was a public school counselor for how many years? I forget how many years. If she were here, she would tell me. Bad, it's da-da-da-da-da. 30 years or something like that. She's seen it all. The reporter pushed and pushed and pushed. Like, dead mean Ben. Forced Sue Garza to say something nasty about Lori Lightfoot. He, she never would have said anything nasty about Lori Lightfoot if it wasn't for that mean Ben. Guys had a comment. I was laughing. D, I, I was laughing like crazy when I heard that one. Well, yeah, Did and you, radio show? What? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> uh, yes, Craig Delamore. Some radio show. Hey, uh, look, Craig, nothing but love for you. You are a legend in Chicago. But come on, give, give a guy a break. And the he, got, show. he got bumped up to reporter. Is that a promotion from podcast host in his attic? Columnist, podcast host, <laughs> reporter. Old hippie. <laughs> Pot smoker. I don't know. I think it is. Uh, some reporter. I can't remember his name. He's of no significance to the story. Wait, what about me? But it's true, Craig Delamore. It's it's a podcast, it's not a radio show. I was once on the radio, so I can understand why you'd be confused by it. They fired me. It's Dennis's fault I got fired. Hey. <laughs> just, just threw that out there to see if you were paying attention to you. It was not Dennis's fault. Oh, it's me, my big mouth. Someone's at the door. Oh, ding dong. Oh, someone's at the door. Cam Buckner has joined us, ladies and gentlemen. Cam Buckner has joined us. So anyway, before I leave the, the story, I bring on uh, the great Cam Buckner, state representative from the south side of Chicago, former Illini football player, proud graduate of Morgan Park High School. Before I bring that Cam Buckner on the show, let me just conclude by saying, come on, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. If you have offended Sue Sedlowski Garza with your behavior, with leaving her hanging on the General Irons situation, by not calling her yourself and telling her that you flip-flopped on General Irons by having your health department head call her up. If you were gonna if you had offended Sukarsa for all those reasons, you should not blame it on moi. <laughs> Come on. Here, I'll tell you how you answer the question. You know, I mishandled that and I've reached out to Sue, but no. <laughs> Blame it on the report. That's like Ginny Thomas, Clarence Thomas's uh, wife, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Ginny Thomas, she's getting caught in all kinds of stuff. Let's see if Camp Buckner follows this stuff. I don't know if we're going to do national talk with him. But Ginny Thomas is getting caught in all kinds of controversies, including the fact that she was at the January 6th insurrection. Well, she didn't go to the insurrection. She went to the Trump rally, and she said it was too cold, so she left before they took the Capitol. It's a story that's breaking in the paper. Uh, and so when she was, uh, when she was finally had to fess up, what did she do? Say, yeah, I was there and I support Donnie Trump. No, she blamed it on the media. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, if Cam uh, Buckner, state representative Cam Buckner from the South side of Chicago does run for mayor, does get elected mayor. I hope that when he gets in hot water, the first thing he does is not blame it on the media. So, uh, we shall see. Uh, anyway, Cam Buckner, welcome to the show. Man, thank you for having me, man. Uh, and, uh, man, you have some nice, uh, uh, pipes there. You should be uh, a podcast show host yourself. I'm just going to throw that out there. 
so uh, anyway, uh, Cam Buckner is, as I said, Cam, you're the state rep uh, from a district. Uh, Christian Mitchell's old dishes. Uh, shout out to our old friend Christian Mitchell, uh, which stretches on the south side of Chicago. Kind of runs from the Loop to Hyde Park. We can go a little more specific if you want. Uh, and your name's being uh, advanced in many circles to as a possible mayoral candidate. Uh, so we'll get into all that as a possible mayoral candidate. Uh, and um, uh, I'm going to spare you uh, at the start. I'll just announce this. I'll spare you any questions about your beloved University of Illinois uh, and how they fared uh, this weekend in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, he's a diehard Illini fan, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so uh, before we take the deep dive in the issues today, are you confident that your Illini will back uh, rebound from Saturday's embarrassment and do Listen. far better? I, w- I would much rather us lose to Indiana in the tournament uh, than to have a, a subpar showing against UT Chat uh, in the in the actual uh, March Madness tournament. And, and you know, um, this is all about about rhythm and hitting your stride at the right point. And hopefully, uh, we've played our worst game, right? And uh, we can uh, move on for the, from this. So I'm, I'm hoping so. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, I, I hope you're right. And by the way, I'm just going to say one thing before we go on. I uh, I've, I'm I follow March Madness a little bit, uh, not really closely, but I love the pro- prognosticators. They never really come out and say anything, Cam. You know what I mean? Like Chattanooga, which is the 13th seed, is playing Illinois, which is the fourth seed. So Illinois got the is the favorite team. And so the, the prognosticators think they're going on a limb when they say stuff like this, Cam. They go, well, you know, don't overlook Chattanooga. Uh, they could come on strong. I'm like, what kind of – that's not a prog- That's not a prediction. Yeah. Yeah, that's a covering yeah. yourself, you know. The it, over- it, it is, it is, and you know, these a lot of these um the 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 prognosticators as you call them, they're waiting all year for for this you know three week period or two week period, and so they're gonna get it all out. So you better believe you're gonna hear a lot of that coming forward. Uh, all right, very good. Let's get down to let's introduce you to our listeners. Uh, this is the first time you've been on uh, my show, uh, so tell folks a little bit about Cam Buckner. I've already uh, mentioned a few things that you went to Morgan Park. Yeah. Uh, fill in some more details. Yeah, I was, I was a born and raised in the city of Chicago. I'm a Southside uh, kid. Um, the the fourth of five children. My mom was a CPS teacher. My dad was a um, law enforcement officer with the Cook County Sheriff's Department. Uh, and um, had the great fortune after my time at, at Morgan Park High School, the pride of the Southside, as, as I like to call it, uh, to to go on and to play football at the University of Illinois. Uh, and it was you know an, an incredible experience. Um, Left there and went to go work on Capitol Hill. Worked for Senator Durbin for a number of years. Uh, went to law school. Uh, left Chicago for a while. Went to work for Mitch Landrew, uh, who at that point was the mayor of New Orleans and, and now currently is uh, the president's infrastructure uh, chief uh, on um, the, the big infrastructure bill that, that passed the the, the Congress um, last year. Uh, and has done. I've done a, a few different things. I, I've found my way in the private sector. I worked as an attorney in the front office of the Chicago Cubs. Um, I also ran a nonprofit called World Sports Chicago, which was the legacy of the Olympic bid. We took uh, Olympic sports and, and used them as a tool to provide um, social emotional learning for children in Chicago's most under-resourced and, and, and forgotten communities. Uh, and then in 2018, I found myself um after you know doing some legal work and, and uh, teaching at the University of Chicago, I found myself uh, up for an appointment for uh, this seat that I'm currently in. As you said, the 26th district is a Chicago-specific um, district. It 
runs from the South Chicago neighborhood. You know, you're just talking about the 10th Ward. I've got a bunch of 10th Ward in, in my district, and I roll all the way up the lakefront to around state and division. Uh, so if you can imagine Chicago, that's a, a very, very um, nuanced and 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 um, nuanced and diverse district. I've got some of the, the most um, the wealthiest zip codes in the, in the region, uh, near near the Gold Coast, near, near near River North, and then I've got some places that have struggled with development and uh, resources for a long time. Places like South Shore and Woodline um, and Greater Grand Crossing, and so it's a um, it's a district that, as I tell folks, it looks a lot like Chicago. Uh, now that uh, background uh, shows a lot of stops, uh, a lot of connections with corporate Chicago. And just so you know, Cam, I was an outspoken opponent. I'm not hiding anything of the Olympics. I fought and resisted as hard as I could to keep that uh, from coming to the city of Chicago. I realized it's 12 years ago. For once in my life, I was actually on the winning side of a fight. Usually I'm on the losing uh, side of a fight. Uh, but I feel that your position uh, – with world sports shows that you have contacts and connections in a community that I'm not very, I'm not particularly strong in. And that is corporate yeah. Chicago. My it's it fair to make that assessment. It, it's fair. Um, and, and honestly, a lot of my uh, kind of understanding and, and maneuvering in, in that world really did come through my, my time with, with world sports Chicago, uh, which you know, I wouldn't trade it for, for the world. Uh, we, we were able to have a real impact, on the lives of young people around the city. And, and I'll say this, I know there's a lot to be said about, um, you know, where missteps have, have, you know, have occurred and whatnot. Um, I, I want to just say that I am still extremely thankful for the folks who took the leftover Olympic money and instead of, you know, doing something else with it, uh, stay true to their promise. And their promise was that no matter what happened with the bid, no matter what happened with the games, that they would leave a lasting positive impact on Chicago and her communities through sports. And um, one great thing being is when people know what they don't know. Um, and, and I was uh, fortunate for people to say, listen, how do we affect communities in, in Chicago? Um, so they came and got me and said, help us figure out how to invest this money in the places that deserve it. And so I'm happy that I was able to be a part of that. All right. So uh, help me out here a little bit. Uh, as I said, I've usually been on the other side of the divide uh, on the, um, uh, the lefty side of the divide, I'll put it this way. And I don't, ha I don't have any experience really uh, with the folks who run the city of the corporate leaders of Chicago. So uh, tell me if I'm unfair here and correct me if I'm wrong, Cam, my general uh, sense about corporate Chicago uh, is that despite what they may say publicly, it's all about uh, raising gentrifying the city uh, and using whatever resources are available uh, to essentially make land more viable and move uh, poor people out and move wealthier people in. Uh, that is kind of a, a worldview I have. Uh, in your humble opinion, having worked with uh, corporate leaders of Chicago, am I being unfair in my assessment? So I wouldn't paint, paint everybody with that brush, but I think that, that that does exist. That narrative is a part of, of the way some people operate. Um, there, there are folks who are not concerned with the least among us, folks who um, want this city to look a certain way, uh, and they'll stop at nothing to, to get that. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, Ben, these aren't just all the, you know, quote-unquote corporate types who feel that way. Um, a lot of people who have taken that road have gotten a lot of help um, from people uh, who sit in positions like mine people who are supposed to be here to, to, to serve um, folks and communities who need the most love. Uh, and they have not done that. They've, they've, they've taken the bait. 
uh, and they've um, created, uh, you know, systems that that work against, once again, the folks who need it the most. And so I, I think it's a little bit too easy to, to, to put the, it all on the quote unquote quote corporate class um because there's some folks in corporate class doing great great work every day and trying to find a way to to be helpful but um a lot of this stuff can't be done without the help of government right and, and even the bad stuff and so we've got to look at our elected officials in the face and, and see if they're actually standing up for the things that um that we need yeah without giving any names because uh i really don't want to hear the names but have you ever been in a situation where someone uh in corporate chicago or even political world uh, has said something so outrageous that you felt compelled to say, look, you can't say that. You just can't say that even if you think it. And you shouldn't even really think it. Uh, have you ever had a moment like that? You know, those those moments are more and more frequently, um, which is why and I won't go into names, but I will say uh, it's really a reminder to us why, why civility is so important, right? You can, you can be passionate without being pugnacious, uh, but some folks uh, let the first thing that comes to their mind come out their mouth. And um, I was always taught that's, that's uh, usually problematic. All right. Uh, I think we're heading, drifting uh, into uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot country. Uh, I sense that with that last comment. Uh, and uh, so your name has been advanced, uh, particularly in the Chicago Sun-Times. You're on every time they have a list of potential mayoral candidates, your name's on the list and the Tribune's picked up on it as well. Uh, a lot of folks don't know who you are. Uh Cam Buckner, because a state rep does, it's not a really high profile seat. So how is it in your humble opinion, is your, did your name make it to the top of many of these lists as a potential mayoral uh, challenger to Lori Lightfoot? Chicago looking for uh, some leadership. I think they're looking for a, a vision on what the city is going to be. And uh, I think they're very passionate how to create Chicago's trend. So because of that, I think there are many people who are likely uh, uh, potential candidates who, who are, you know, being thrown to, into the mix here. Um, you know, the, the issues that we have are, are plentiful uh, and they're deep. And I know people in Chicago are really just in um, the laughing stock of, of a lot of jokes around, around the country and, and frankly around the world. I talked to friends uh, both nationally and internationally about what's going on in the city. And, you know, I'm, as I said, man, I'm a, I'm a kid from Chicago, born and raised in the city, um, public school uh, kid, uh, played in Chicago parks. And, you know, I, I, Chicago is in my blood. And so it is a uh, an extreme honor and privilege for me to even be mentioned uh, in in the category of folks who uh, may want to lead the city moving forward. When you were a kid growing up in Chicago, did, was it a dream of yours uh, to be mayor? Uh, listen, I, I've said this uh, a lot recently, and I've said that I think that this is the greatest job in American politics. I also can be honest and say uh, um, I have thought that it would be my dream job for a very long time. Uh, there, there may or may not be some footage of me as a young 16-year-old kid saying uh, to a news reporter who was asking me about football, um, how football was just a vehicle and, and how I you know, thought that my ultimate goal would be to be mayor of Chicago. Is that right? That footage exists? I believe it does. <laughs> Someone is going to drag that thing out. Uh, and... Um... All right, well, let's talk about uh, some of the issues in the city of Chicago. And I told you I'd be raising this one. We talk about this all the time on the show, the issue of crime. 
uh, in the city. We talk about in terms of potential solutions. We talk in terms about the history of policing in black communities. We talk in terms of how the Republicans use it as a, a tool and a tactic uh, to defeat the Democrats and undercut some of the programs that many of our uh, listeners really believe in. Uh, and then we also talk about the inability of the left uh, Cam to even address the issue. It's almost like they yeah. just are afraid of the issue. And I urge everybody to check out my interviews with Jason Lee on this subject, uh, a brilliant political strategist, in my humble opinion, with a lot of thoughts on this. So let's just begin. Crime in the city of uh, Chicago. If you were the mayor, what would be some of the first things you did uh, to uh, address this matter? So I think the first thing you have to do, Ben, is, is you have to set the table. You, you have to say, listen, here's where we are, here's where we've been, and here's where we need to go, and this is where we need to go immediately. I think the, the ethos has to be, um, you know, we are going to, to have the gold standard nationwide for constitutional community-based policing, um, that we are going to create a situation where um, the, the Chicago Police Department works in syncopation with uh, the communities who they serve and protect. We're also going to have a robust plan to ensure um, that we are putting dollars and energy and resources in the communities that need them the most to bolster our violence prevention uh, efforts, right? So th those have to be the, the, two, the two hallmarks. But also has to be a hallmark because as we talk about public safety and law enforcement, often people want to, uh, people people focus a lot on the, on the, the sexy part of it, which is, What's going on with the cops, right? And 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 law enforcement is a huge part of, of public safety, but it's not everything. However, having a conversation about law enforcement, we've got to say, listen, number one, if you are one of the, the the folks who are doing this job for the right reason, like my father did, like my uncles did, who all wore the badge, um, that we're going to find ways to support you and and make it all work for the better good of the city. If you are one of those folks who have a who has a scintilla of John Burge in you. Uh, we're going to smoke you out and you cannot, you won't be able to hide in, in this department because there'll be no room for that. Right. I don't think that those are, are competing interests. I think that that is what needs to be the, the, the stake in the ground. And we move forward from there. Um, we got to have a conversation about what does it look like to replenish the ranks of CPD, but also not just to, to, to fill up the, 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 the department so it's fully staffed, but to fill it up in a way that, you know, the right folks are in there. Uh, somebody wants to, it, you don't build an addition on the house, the house when it's on fire, right? Um, you got to fix what's wrong uh, from a reform standpoint uh, and, and then move forward to make sure that, that you know, we, we're, we're doing the things that make us all safe. What, 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 I, what I fear, Ben, is that uh, we, as folks who are on the, the, the left or Democrats or progressives or liberals, um, we have not owned the conversation on public safety and on violence, and we have to because uh, history does not repeat itself, but it's, it does rhyme. And what we saw in the 1990s is when we had no answer to the crime spikes and crime waves and crime surges, uh, that those folks from the Republican and conservative side decided to take up all the air in the room and create their own narrative. And, and it, we ended up with things like three strikes rules, and we ended up with things with, with you know, the, the prison, prison industrial complex went crazy during the 90s. Um, we ended up uh, with, with things such as the, um, the, the crack cocaine and powder cocaine disparity. Uh, and and the, the killing part about it is that many of these things were championed by Democrats um, because we were pushed by Republicans because we didn't create our own narrative and, and, and handle this story ourselves. And so I, I would, I would um, 
you know, uh, beg anybody who really just wants peace and safety and justice in any of our communities to be able to attack this thing head on. We, we can't go under it. We can't go around it. We got to go through it. We got to run straight through this thing and get dirty and talk about what it is that we have to do to move forward so that we're not talking in 30 years about how in 2020 and 2021, 2022, we made some bad decisions that um, destroyed our communities, destroyed our people and made us all less safe. Well, if I could use a sports metaphor for uh, uh, this, Cam, let me go with this to my beloved basketball. Uh, it's one thing uh, to uh, shoot jump shots in a gym when no one's guarding you uh, and uh, have a stroke and hit all your shots. And it's another thing to do it when someone's guarding you, pushing you, pushing off your sweet spot. And so yeah. now I'll complete the, the metaphor by talking about crime. When you talk about crime uh, in the abstract and you talk about uh, the strategies you might uh, follow, that's one thing in the abstract. So like, for instance, Arnie Duncan, when he's in his brief uh, testing the waters phase, talked about moving police uh, from uh, issue do, doing like things like um, uh, domestic disputes uh, into more uh, uh, detective work. And then you would have civilians fill those spots immediately Lori Lightfoot hit him with, he's talking to fund the police. That's to fund the police. And Arnie, Arnie retreated a little bit and ended up not even running in the race. So all you got to do is defense, throw one a little elbow and def defend the police. They go running away. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. my, my Arnie was testing that lefty water, that progressive water cam. And he got nervous and ran away. And so how can you have any progress uh, when you talk about realistic, strong suggestions like Arnie Duncan was proposing and then as soon as you get any resistance, we run away and become Republican-like, like we're afraid of the things we supposedly believe in. Cam, help me out on this one. Listen, we, um, that, that, that's a tough position to be in. It's, it's a tough needle to thread, and I think many people have, have seen it. And when this is not just something that's happening in Chicago, right? It's happening around the country, and we know that people struggle with, with how, do we, how do we do that. Um, you know, I think in order to to win the confidence of folks that you're doing the right thing, that you're trying to be pragmatic and putting together a solution that makes the most sense uh, for all people in the city uh, is is to, um, as I say, lay it out, out on the table and, and, and then roll through it. Right. So, um, yeah, I think we have to, as I say, have a real conversation about um, the staffing levels at CPD. We, we, we need to talk about that. We also need to talk about the, the, the next mayor of Chicago, um, and you know, if, if, if it's me, if it's not me or whoever it is, I'm going to push whoever that person is. They need to kill the gang database on day one. Right. Cause that's not making communities safer. Um, but you can do both of those things, right? You can talk about hiring more cops from the right communities. Um, because when I'm, when I'm in South shore and Woodline, I'm not hearing from folks, we want less police. They're saying that we want police to do their jobs the right way. And we want more police to look like us. So if I'm a, uh, you know, a 25 year old guy from Austin who, passed everything in the CPD recruitment exam, except my credit score was shaky and therefore I couldn't get, uh, get called into the academy. That's a problem, right? And, and so I think there, there are enough big problems for us to, to, to grab onto without getting uh, uh, kind of sidetracked by some of the, the flash in the pan stuff that, that makes us run to our corners on this and, and not be, um, you know, not, not partner to try to find answers. 
By by the way, you mentioned uh, how diverse your uh, legislative district is, and it runs from the uh, almost the entire length of the city, uh, from the loop south or from the the, the south north, however you want to look at it. Uh, so, are there different uh, attitudes in your um, experience, uh, Cam, from uh, people, let's say, in the loop or south loop regarding crime and policing, and then people in you just already mentioned South Shore, Woodlawn, uh, southeast side of Chicago, et cetera? You'll be surprised uh, how similar uh, people are when it comes to this. Listen, there, there are very few things that 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 all most humans really want, and, and safety, security is one of them. Um, the ability to send their their kids to a, a school that um, puts them uh, in a, a advantageous position to to um, compete in the global economy that's another one, right? So these the big ticket issues. That we're going to that we're going to talk about, you know, in this next election, that we'll talk about probably for this next decade, and that we've, we're talking about right now. Uh, there, there is more, um, there's more connection uh, from Chicago with Chicagoans from different backgrounds and different socioeconomic uh, backgrounds than, than you would than you would think. I, I I'm always awestruck and dumbfounded when I you know talk to a a widow in Streeterville and then a single mother. And, and Greater Grand Crossing, and they've got a lot of the same issues. Now, they may talk about it differently, um, but when you get to the core of it, they're asking for the same things. All right, uh, let's get into uh, the issue of the uh, mayor and her personality. Uh, and um, she's fighting uh, various on various fronts, uh, various unions, teachers' union, the police, the fraternal order police, uh, uh, at least a half dozen. It's hard to keep up. Alderman in the Chicago City Council. Uh, she's uh, had uh, exchanged uh, sharp elbows with all of them. Uh, she's not afraid to hold back. Uh, my general consensus, having lived in the city of Chicago, my general theory, having lived in the sh- city of Chicago, Cam, is that Chicagoans, by and large, love a bully mayor. Uh, we've elected three in the last uh, 30 years daily Rom and Lori Lightfoot have very similar uh, traits. They, they punch back and they punch hard and they don't show a lot of empathy. Uh, that's, that's not a trait that uh, uh, Chicagoans seem to reward when it comes to electing their mayor. This is my humble opinion. Are you too and much of a nice guy to be the mayor of the city of Chicago? Uh, I don't, I don't believe so Ben. listen, um, I, uh, I've always been of the mindset uh, is that the best way to get things done uh, is with a positive demeanor uh, and a and a um, a penchant for for trying to find a way to to get people to yes instead of getting stuck at no. Uh, but I also know that you, um, you you fight you fight when you have to, and, and you and you fight uh, in a, in a way that makes it clear that people uh, should not want you to go that route, right? Um, I'll say this: Chicagoans are tough. Uh, we've got thick skin, uh, and so a few cuss words and some insults don't bother us a, a whole lot, as you mentioned. But we expect leadership that fights for us more than fighting leadership that fights with us, right? Uh, and so I think that that would be the hallmark. I mean, it's the hallmark of of, of my work here in the General Assembly. Anybody who knows me will, will tell you that. Um, you know, I, I'm a practical guy. Uh, I'm a solutions-based guy, and I believe in getting stuff done. Uh, but I'm not going to budge on the things that I know are right. And 
uh, you know, we can find a way once again to be to disagree without being disagreeable. Uh, but I think that that what people are searching for now uh, is one some 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 true visionary leadership, not just about where we've been or where we are, but how we get to the next spot, uh, and a person who's going to work their their butt off uh, to, to do that. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the specific set of of tension in the city of Chicago. A bunch of our leaders uh, right now. The uh, the mayor is uh, is. Uh, always exchanging uh, rhetorical barbs with the Chicago Teachers Union. Uh, it's been going on now. Really, uh, she she vowed when the Teachers Union were big supporters of Tony Perkwinkle, as you know, but Lori Lightfoot said, I'm not going to let that uh, get in my way. I know that's just politics, and uh, I'm going to extend the olive branch as soon as uh, the election is over. She may have extended the olive branch camp, but she used it to hit up Stacey Davis Gates over the head with it. Uh, so what's, if you were the mayor of the city of Chicago, what would you do uh, to find peace uh, with the Chicago Teachers Union? Yeah, there's got to be, listen, there, there's got to be peace in the valley between the Chicago Teachers Union and the Chicago Public Schools, the, the city hall. Um I, I, uh, it's one of the things that bothers me the most about the way things have gone recently is that, and I've said this out loud, you know, we're perpetually on the brink of, of, of you know, uh, a strike. Um, there are things that are happening um, that really make me nervous about the young people who we're supposed to be uh, serving, right? The young people who we're supposed to be protecting. Uh, and there's no way that we can functionally continue the relationship the way it is and say that the city is, is in good hands or that the city's future is being secure because that's just not it, it's not, not the way things go. Um, what, what I would say is this. Uh, ben, we have a, uh, a contract, a, a teacher's contract coming up in 2024. I know it seems like it was just a few days ago when we, when we passed this contract, but uh, uh, there's one coming up in short order. So I think, once again, the next mayor of Chicago, uh, whether that's me, whether that's somebody else, even if that's Lori Lightfoot, uh, they have to commit to the people of Chicago that they are willing to negotiate that contract, not through press release, not from behind a podium, uh, but, you know, themselves, because that's how important it is, and to do it early, not wait to 2024, not wait until the clock is ticking down and we're, we're putting our, our kids, we got our kids hanging, uh, hanging in the balance. Uh, if if, for, if if I decide that I'm going to move forward with this, it's one of the commitments I'll make to the people of Chicago early uh, is that I, I will negotiate that contract myself from my kitchen table if I have to um, on, on day one. So we're not you know kicking this can down the road and then um, finding ourselves in a situation like the ones we found ourselves in before. Mm, all right. That would be uh, usually what they do is uh, they'll bring the like uh, old man day or not old man, but uh, Mayor Richard M. Daly. Uh, would bring them everybody into the room uh, at the very end to find the accord. I've never heard a mayor uh, reaching out before they reach the midnight hour. If so, that would be a very uh, radical change for how business is run in the city of Chicago. Camp, we need it. We need it. Uh, all right, let's uh, let me give you like a little quiz here. Uh, if you were the mayor of the city of Chicago, uh, everything that's happening in the news. Uh, would be you, you would be asked to weigh in on every it's, it's amazing how like when the mayor has a press conference mayor what's your opinion about xyz so just a couple things that have been the news uh lately get your thoughts on and one number one we talked about it so much last week on the show uh jesse smollett uh was uh sentenced to 150 days in cook county jail 
for uh, making up a story about a hate crime. Uh, and, uh, and of course, it's one of the leading topics throughout the city of Chicago. Everybody's got an opinion on it. Uh, do you think that was a fair verd- uh, sentencing or do you think it was unfair? Listen, so I think when you when you compare it to other sentences, I mean, I've heard folks talk about the fact that he got five months and Jason Van Dyke got three years, right? Um, you know, we can always play that game. What, what, I, what I hate, Ben, is that we've spent so much time talking about this particular case. Um, you know, there was TV coverage last week. was ridiculous. Um, while, you know, we had young people getting shot in the city on Sunday, right on the edge of my district, literally across the street from my district, we had a mass shooting of seven people, and it didn't get half the the local coverage that the Smollett case got. And so, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I just I hope it's over with uh, and that we don't have to keep talking about this thing because it's, it's distracting us from the real stuff. Why is it why, in your humble opinion, is, uh, are we so fascinated with this case? Well, no, I mean, I think it, 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 it reads much like a like a television drama. Right. It's got all the elements that people like. Right. So there's there's um, there's celebrity. There's there's power. Um, and, you know, it it. it it, it couldn't have been scripted better if you were trying to win a win a uh, Emmy, right? Uh, but you know, for, for, for real life stuff, it uh, it intrigues people. Uh, another reason I could go on and on about this camp, but another reason is that MAGA stokes it. The Republican Party is stoking it, uh, and uh, I've received. I can't tell you how many email solicitations. For some reason, I'm on all the email solicitation lists of the Republican Party. Everybody running for anything sends me an email asking for money. I've never given a Republican, Cam. I swear. I don't know how I got on these email lists. So uh, one of the reasons it's always in the news is because Republicans see it as a winning issue. And so this gets to how you're going to deal. Let's say you were the mayor of the city of Chicago. How do you deal with something as sensitive and, and raw as uh, crime in Chicago when you have Republicans screaming at the top of their lungs uh, that this is about a breakdown of society, the radical, this shows what the radical left, uh, this is the kind of civilization that we would have if they were running things. In other words, if they uh, used for political ends uh, all the, uh, the horror of crime in Chicago, uh, how would you deal with that if you were mayor of the city? Listen, you, um, my, my mother used to say, you can't stop somebody else from being stupid, right? Uh, you can't stop them from being wrong. Uh, and so I think that whether it's in, in, the, in the mayor's office or in the governor's office or as a state rep or any of our older people, um, I, I think that our job uh, is, is to deal in facts, not to kind of fall for the conjecture that, that, that people throw out there. Uh, when we get into the kind of the personal pieces of it, uh, you know, all the, 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 the fact-based stuff goes out the window, right? Uh, and so that's why I think it's important to, to be balanced and, and to understand uh, when to when to engage and, and when not to. Um, you know, when, when you ignore that stuff as much as you can, you, if, if somebody's going to believe, uh, uh, you know, a far right-wing a conspiracy-based uh, theory on something, then there's not much I can say to change your mind, Right. And so you got to be able to count, right, and, and realize that that's not somebody you're going to get, and you just got to be able to move forward. Because what happens is, and I said this earlier, we, we we get so bogged down, and we spend so much time on the stuff that don't that doesn't matter, that the stuff that does matter um, falls through the cracks. 
fair enough on that one. All right. Uh, now I'm going to ask you about masks in public places. It seems like, well, this issue has faded. Uh, at the back of my mind, uh, Cam, I say, no, no, no. <laughs> I do not believe we've conquered COVID. I believe uh, there's a surge just around the corner. Uh, and yet we've pretty much uh, we're getting rid of mask mandates. Uh, across the board, politically speaking, Democrats want to run away from that issue. Dear friend of the show, Lakeisha Collins uh, was the only state rep, as I, I think she was the only one who voted uh, to keep the mask mandates uh, in the General Assembly. And uh, so what's your uh, position uh, on masks, mask mandates? Uh, again, we're, we seem to be, at the very least, in the uh, eye of the hurricane, so to speak. It's calm on the COVID front but it, it could change in the next few months. Your thoughts? Let me, let me start off by saying I am proud of us for the way that we have handled this pandemic in many, in many senses of, of that word. And then the reason I say that is because um, we literally, literally upended everything from the, from the, from the mask to um, the quote unquote lockdowns to, you know, all the things that we've had to do vaccines and, and all this stuff that, that has flowed from the pandemic. And, and had you asked me, you know, in 2019, if I thought, you know, we could handle that type of pressure, I would, t- I would have told you no. Uh, people are too undisciplined. People are too hard-headed. It's not going to work. Um, but I think uh, it, in many ways, it showed a, a streak of humanity for many of us saying, listen, we're going to do this because it's important for our neighbors. It's important for um, our young people and for our older people. And, you know, it's the right thing to do. So with that being said, uh, I'm, I'm proud of us for that. Now, I, I'm, I'm with you, Ben. I don't think that we are out of the woods yet. I think a lot of people uh, have just resigned, have just resigned themselves to um, the foregone conclusion that we're good now. I keep on hearing people say, you know, well, now that we're post-COVID, post-COVID, uh, and I have to remind somebody, we, if we're going to use a Latin term like post, we should, we should use uh, cum, right? Cum COVID, because we're going to be cum COVID for the rest of our lives, right? With COVID, because it's not going anywhere. Um, but we got to figure out, you know, how to operate. I know, a lot of the political calculation is that there's fatigue. There's fatigue about masks and mandates and people telling everybody what to do. And, um, and, you know, that, that is a, that's a real thing. People on both sides of the aisle, I've heard them wax about uh, how they want to move forward from this, but, you know, we've got to follow what the numbers say, follow what the science says. And I just don't want people, people to get too comfortable because um, as you said, uh, you know, we had Omicron just a couple of months ago, and I'm not a a, a Hellenic scholar, but I know that there's way more letters to the Greek alphabet after <laughs> Omicron, right? And uh, I think we, we got to. There might be some more stuff coming, and we got to be ready for it. But so I, I say, listen, I, I think um, I think keeping our most vulnerable populations are uh, safe is important. Um, not not to kind of dampen the conversation here. My, my my father passed away from COVID, right? And so I know how serious this thing is on a personal level. Um, but we've got to find what that balance is as well. And I don't know that we've, that we've got it yet, but the, the biggest truth about COVID is that we don't, we don't know what we don't know. And um, as we traverse, you know, we're only two years into this thing now, as we traverse through this space, we'll learn more and we'll figure out the best way to deal with it. But we should be ready at, at any point in time to, to go back if we have to. I did not know that your father passed from COVID. My condolences, Cam. I did not know that, actually. Um, yeah, no, uh, and uh, again, one more time, a shout-out to Lakeisha Collins. She took a lot of heat for that, uh, the, being the one vote uh, on that matter, and she had a principle. And what she was laying out, Cam, uh, and she's come on the show and laid it out, is that it's almost like there's two worlds, 
when it comes just not just to COVID, but to healthcare in general. Uh, and the district, the community that she represents and the more affluent districts uh, that seem to, the, the vaccination rates are much higher uh, and um, people just are more confident about going out uh, into the world without masks and just opening up society in general. I'll repeat this. Uh, you, you, your district takes you to all worlds in the city. One of the uh, most diverse districts uh, in the city. And uh, Christian Mitchell used to always talk about that when I interviewed yeah. him. Uh, so, you know, I, and, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say, and listen, Representative Collins has been a champion. Uh, I, I am, I couldn't be prouder of, of her and, and her principal stands. And I appreciate um, her friendship and, and working with her. Uh, and, and what she reminded me of, you know, when she took that stand uh, is that um, this is why it's important for the legislature and the city council and the county board to be able to meet together and to have conversations about things that are important to us and the people we represent. Um, uh, Representative Collins, uh, her point of view and her perspective was not lost on the people in that chamber who had no idea why it was so important to her. Uh, and, and they may not have said it on the mic or may not have tweeted about it, but I can guarantee you I had some conversations afterwards uh, with, with some of my Republican colleagues specifically who said, I get exactly where she's coming from. And, and you know, her, her voice is, um, is one that I, I, I appreciate immensely. And I'm, like I said, very just proud to be able to call her a friend. Wow. Uh, so that would be a change uh, if we had Cam Buckner's mayor. Something nice said about a lefty uh, in the city of Chicago. You don't hear that too much from mayors. <laughs> Definitely the last two. Always fighting the lefties, my beloved lefties. Uh, in the city of Chicago. All right, one last question for you, uh, if you were mayor. And I saw this in the paper today. I don't know if you saw this. It was in the Sun-Times. That dreaded Trump sign. This is, I have been railing against that thing, Cam Buckner. You know the one I'm talking about, the one that Trump put on his building, right? Uh, Right over the Chicago River, centrally located so you really can't miss it like hey look at me i conquered the city of chicago where nobody likes the guy well okay i i apologize there he did get like 15 percent of the vote all right fine all right give him that 15 percent of the population loves him um so uh the city council is advancing measures that could potentially uh force trump to take that sign off down if he is uh convicted uh, I even think maybe even charged uh, with a crime like sedition. Your thoughts on the Trump sign and what you as mayor of the city of Chicago would do to get rid of it. So I'm not a fan of the other sign. I think the building is one of the most beautiful buildings in our skyline. Um, and it happens to be in my district. Uh, I, I, I think it's uh, really a marvel to, to look at. Uh, I also know, and I live down on Bron- in Bronzeville um, and I can, if I stand on state street around 46 and I look straight down you can almost have a straight line to see the sign all the way from Bronzeville which is which is crazy um, because you would think a sign that low wouldn't be that visible you know 40 plus blocks away um, with that being said you know I, I don't I haven't dug into what the the agreement was or what the, the PD was for for Trump Tower um, and and how the sign even got there I, I like the fact that some of the aldermen are thinking about creative ways to poke it a little bit uh, but I also say that if 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 the ordinance says that only if he's convicted um, or charged that he'll be able to, that we 
get to take the, take the sign down, we might be putting ourselves in a corner um, because Donald Trump has pulled out some things before that we never thought were possible, like an election. Uh, and so if he's not indicted and if he's not uh, charged, um, then does, does that mean that science stays up there forever in perpetuity? And if it does, we got a real problem. And so um, he's a deal maker. Let's make a deal with him and get this thing out of here. <laughs> Trump is a deal maker. Would Trump ever agree to a deal uh, where he had to take the sign down? I, of, course, of course not. Uh, I don't know. I don't, you know. Of course not. Uh, well, I just saw the Godfather for the twentieth time. Make him an offer he can't refuse. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I do not know what that offer would be to Donald Trump's ego, and he loves having yeah. that sign up there in the city of Chicago. Uh, so that's uh, I, I'll tell you this, Cam. I, I'll put this in here if you're ever elected mayor of the city of Chicago. So Donald Trump, follow me in this. Donald Trump, you're a lawyer, so you'll understand where I'm going at it. Donald Trump's uh, constantly, or the people who run Trump Tower, constantly going to uh, the Cook County assessor to get their uh, assessments lowered so they pay less in taxes. And the argument they make is that they don't, they should, they should have a lower assessment because they can't fill all the office uh, vacancies Mm -hmm. uh, that they have in that tower, the retail vacancies, really struggling to get the tenants in that they need for full occupancy. Okay, and so until they have uh, even fuller occupancy, they should have a lower assessment and pay much less in taxes. To which I say, well, part of the reason you're having trouble people in there have coming into that building is you got a sign on the front that's so offensive to 85 percent of Chicago, you know, that no one would want to put set up a business there at that address. So you can't have it two ways. You can't come with your hand out begging the Cook County assessor to lower your assessment, which then raises everybody else's taxes uh, and put, keep that side. So one or the other, Uh, that is my uh, solution to the, the, now there you go. He may say, ah, pay more in taxes or take the side down. I have to think about that. Uh, What's your opinion on on my solution? I like, I like your solution. It's, It's creative. Um, and, and it gets us in the solution thinking mode, man. Um, and, and I'll say this: I mean, there, there's some some real life things that there are akin to that that I think have, have happened in other places. I, I spent some time, as I said earlier, working for the mayor of New Orleans, um, and, and one of our fights in that administration was really to tackle some of the Confederate monuments and, and names that were around the city. Uh, but specifically, uh, when Jefferson Davis Parkway was changed to Norman C. Francis Parkway. And Norman C. Francis was the longtime uh, president of Xavier University, a uh, historically black college in, in New Orleans that um, I think has produced more um, African-Americans in the medical field, doctors and biologists and pharmacists and nurses than anyone else in, in the country. Um, when they changed the name from Jeff Davis to Norman C. Francis, a lot of uh, businesses that were black owned, uh, Latino owned, a lot of businesses who um, had a uh, you know progressive ownership and folks who um, thought uh, in, in that scope decided to move their headquarters and their buildings there. And there are more stores and shops on Norman C. Francis Boulevard Parkway than there were on Jefferson Davis Parkway for that exact reason. And so you might, you might have something going on there. I, I like that idea. All right. Very good. Well, that would be a first. Uh, a mayor in the city of Chicago said he liked an idea advanced <laughs> by me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Cam Buckner, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to come on my show and uh, and talk to me. And a little shout out to our uh, SDG, Stacey Davis Gates, who uh, helped us uh, set this up. And uh, best of luck to you, Cam Buckner. Thanks so much, Ben. I appreciate you.
All right. That's State Representative Cam Buckner. People talk about him uh, running for mayor of the city of Chicago. You got to hear him yourself. You can make your own decisions, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, say that was a pretty good to- radio show today, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Great radio show. Uh, the time is uh, two seventeen. Now we have a traffic update from Doctor D. Uh, doctor, coming up: news, weather, and traffic. <laughs> Remember the old days of radio, where one well, of the first things I'll tell you, they sat me down. They told me, "All right, Ben, here's what you got to do: every five minutes or so, you got to reintroduce your guest." Remember those days, mm-hmm, D? Huh? Mm-hmm. Remember, reset. Remember reset. That was wow. me telling you that. <laughs> For the love of God, reset. Well, I got one of my favorite games. Yeah, by the way, yeah, you got me to remember I was doing it. Then I started overdoing it like every one minute. Yeah. Um, my guest is Dr. D. My desk is Dr. D. <laughs> but the, the, I got to tell you, D, on this point. So I'm driving in my car, driving in my car, and I got the radio on, and I'm listening to an interview. And I'm like, uh, Terry Gross, your favorite from uh, NPR is. Uh, it's true. <laughs> I just, it's true. I love Terry Gross. Uh, she's like, just do a lot of reintroducing the guests. Just saying, T, Terry, just saying that, all right? Don't take it the wrong way. Uh, she has to do a lot of that, but that enables me to play one of my fun games. This shows you how weird I am. Guess who Terry Gross is interviewing, okay? Okay. She's not going to tell you. You know, she's not going to say, our guest today is Dr. D, the great DJ. Uh, no, she'll just let Dr. D... They'll have their conversation. I'll be like, hmm, who is this person? Hmm, the voice is not familiar in any way, but they're talking about this, that, and the other thing. That's how I preoccupy my time to you when I'm in the car. So there's something to be said for not. What'd you call it again? It's not. What is, what's the radio word? Reset. Reset. You got to reset now. Come on. Who are we talking to? Reset. People may just be tuning in. They just got uh, off work or they're done with lunch. Anyway, Yoda used to tell me, you got to reset more, Ben. Uh, <laughs> um, but hey, I think I think we're on to something here, man, uh, with these candidates uh, looking to run for mayor. I think we should keep trying to get more of these. Well, you know, they're letting their name be advanced. Uh, Cam Buckner. A lot of people don't even know who Cam Buckner is. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm political junkie, so I know who he was. But it's the first time we've ever had him on the show. Uh, and so his name is being put out there. And I think large to large degree, it's because he has that ability and he's very proud of it uh, to talk to different constituencies. You know, he's from corporate. He's grew up in Chicago from the south side of Chicago, went to a Chicago public school. Uh, but he also worked in corporate Chicago. So, you know, what I'm saying, D, yeah. you talk to different people. I'm not like me, an old hippie in the attic. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> A bully too. Don't forget how I began the show. I bullied Sue Sandler. Yeah, you're pushing people around. <laughs> yeah, I pushed her and pushed her. <laughs> Come on, Lori Lightfoot. Take responsibility. Sue Garza, Don't tough move. as nails, except when on the Ben Jarofsky show. Yeah. By the way, Craig Delamore, that's the Ben Jarofsky show, a podcast. Yeah. Uh, next time. You- <laughs> yeah, a little plug couldn't help hurt us, uh, Craig Delamore. By the way, D, I got to tell you that back in the old days when I was a kid. A uh, big fight in my family over uh, WBBM News Radio 78. My father hated the sound of it. I hate this sound. My mother was, be quiet. I want to hear the news. <laughs> Every morning in high school, I'd hear WBBM News Radio 78. All right. Anyway, I want to thank Cam Buckner. Great job uh, coming on the show. And, of course, thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of Joe Walton, Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. And it's Craig Delamore. 
Lori Lightfoot, and Cam Buckner will tell you. Back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D. And the D stands for the marvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.